Hey, it's Shimon, and welcome back to the Faith Through Music podcast. Today I had the pleasure to speak with Danny Palgon. Danny is a Jewish pop singer and wedding performer who balances his music career with a busy law school schedule. We discussed his experiences working with Mordechai Shapiro and the story behind being featured on Morty's album Hakol Mishamayim, the opportunities technology offers for people to create quality music at home, balancing wedding performances with law school exams and so much more. Danny, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. And, uh, you know, it's been a while. We've been planning this for a long time. I feel like you reached out to me originally during kind of finals time a little bit. So yeah. I'm happy that my last paper was submitted this morning and we're good to go. That's awesome. So <laughs> let's just kick it off with this. Which passion of yours came first, law school or singing? So I don't think that law is a passion, just to start off off the bat. Yeah. Um... I think anybody tells you it's a passion is either lying or they're just like one of those people that actually may be telling the truth, but they're crazy. Um, mm-hmm. But no, but I think for me, it was more of like balancing to a certain degree, a practical part of my life at that point um, with, you know, a dream, if you want to call it that, um, or like more of an aspirational yeah. type of a goal. Um, and then, you know, kind of saw how things went. So law school was the kind of thing where, you know, I went there as as a, as a practical way of of getting a job to make money. Um, and over the course of the past couple of years, kind of at the same time is when kind of, I also have been working a lot more on music. So it was, you know, it's not mutually exclusive. Um, they kind of both, I want to kind of incorporate both into my life, but you know, I'll, I'll do the best I can, I guess with that. We'll see what happens. I hear that. No, that's, it's, I feel like it's always good to I feel like in life, like me, like I have a passion, one thing with photography and then you take accounting on the other side and that's something you do. To make Parnassa and make a living. A hundred percent. Especially like nowadays, even with COVID, it's like you got to like diversify a little bit. And I was, you know, I, I always talk to singers and like a common theme um, that comes up is, is just the idea that like nothing is guaranteed and nothing is guaranteed long-term for sure um, for anybody. So it's always good to, especially in the Jewish world where, in the Jewish singing world, um, where it's also relatively new, um, it's always good to have something else that you're doing, you know, in any capacity. Um, but that's that's advice if anyone's listening who who wants to sing, I would just say definitely do something else as well and kind of build both um together or you know something like, along those lines, yeah, were you always like into music growing up, like where did your passion for music start, and how what then drove you to create versus just like this is great music, I want to listen to it, no, this is great music, and I want to make even better music, yeah, no, so I always loved music um but to be honest, I wasn't, I I wasn't like one of the kids like in the choirs, like the men and boys choir, all those kind of things where like they they've been doing that for their whole lives. Um, I always liked music. I always kind of sang. I, um, in DRS actually, I, I I think it was me. Um, like they they technically had like choir as one of the clubs on the, as a club option, mm-hmm. but like it just didn't. Nobody wanted to do it. So I think like when I was like I don't know if it was tenth grade or whatever, I like got that going. Um, so like, I definitely liked music. I wanted to get involved and kind of do more, but you know, it was never like a professional thing that I was doing earlier on. Um, and then even later on, it was, it was honestly more of a thing where I kind of like grew into myself and kind of like realized that I enjoy this, that it's a passion of mine. Um, and then I kind of could do something with it and kind of could share it with other people. At first, it's the kind of thing where, you know, you have something, but you don't necessarily know that it's 
that it's even valuable until almost mm-hmm. others tell you it is sometimes. So it was more like that. I was like, I was pushed a lot to like do things. People would say like, you know, you really should do X, Y, or Z kind of thing. And I kind of slowly developed um, my desire, but also my realization of like, of utilizing my voice and singing more and getting more involved. I hear that. When was the first time in your own self that you realized like, look, I could do this. Like, this is something I really could do. Like, was there like a moment? Was there like a time that you performed at something or something like you put a song out and that's when you realized like, oh, this is something I can really do and I'm good at it. I don't think I have a time where I like realized that I was good at it, you know, and, you know, that was the moment where I kind of took things more seriously. Um, mm-hmm. It was really a gradual process. Like, you know, all those questions, it's funny because like I always thought when people ask the questions of like the moment. I guess sometimes people have moments in their lives that like are really, you know, monumental um, and like game changing. But like this is the kind of thing where for me it was a gradual, you know, process, I would say. Um, and like there are definitely many steps along the way that kind of, you know, push me towards a direction um, that I'm going. But like no, no moment sticks out. Nice. I know you have done a lot of work with Mordechai Shapiro. How did that start? Like, did that start like after, after you started growing what you were doing or like then you reached out to him and you got involved working with him like where did that come in the process um so i honestly um to go all the way back to the beginning i i wanted to get voice lessons mm-hmm. um i wanted to like take singing seriously get voice lessons and really kind of um kind of train professionally mm-hmm. um and i it was like also for morty's career it was more towards the beginning of his career too he mm-hmm. was still like no people knew who he was um but it was probably like I don't know if it was 2015. I'm not totally sure exactly um, when it was, 2016. Mm-hmm. I don't really know the exact year. Um, but I basically reached out to him originally asking him if he could, you know, um, if he would do voice lessons, if he would give me voice lessons. Um, and initially, like, he wasn't down for it. Like, he, he told me he didn't do that, um, which which he didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, at first it was a no, and then I kind of reached out again, I think, later on. And eventually he was just like, you know what? Like, sure. Like, like let's do it. Um, he was willing to like, to give it a shot. Um, so that is basically how it started in terms of like me first kind of going over to him, you know, at that point it was his apartment in Queens and we kind of like started our relationship that way. Um, and then over time it kind of like, it kind of grew and then eventually one day, then in terms of being on the album, that was, I don't know if that's a different question. You can go there. Um, but that was, no, but that was more of like a really a spur of the moment. Like I... I basically finished my first year of law school and I had some free time. And that was when Morty was recording a call me Shemayim. So I uh-huh. texted him, let's say it was a Tuesday. And I said, you know, like if it's okay with you, I'd love to kind of like see behind the scenes, um, kind of how the process of recording goes down. So he said, sure. Like definitely he's recording the whole week by Don Gross in Brooklyn. So, you know, come by tomorrow, whatever. That's yeah, totally fine. Um, so the next day, um, he's recording the full day. So, you know, he's recording nine to five, 10 to five, whatever it is. Yeah. He's just going there for the day. No exact schedule. And then I basically, Morty texts me in the morning um, or like 11, 12 o'clock, like, Daniel, like, where are you? Um, so I'm like, I don't know. I'll, I'll be, I'm leaving like a half an hour. I'll be there soon. I didn't think you were waiting for me. Like, it wasn't like, you know, you're not on my time, you know, whatever. You're not on my schedule. Mm-hmm. So he basically said, you're, you're on a song. Like, you're doing this song today. You're, you know, coming here to record. Like, get your butt over here, like, right now. So that's basically what happened. And I went over there, we recorded, um, and that's it. But, like, it kind of, like, became, it was a gradual progression towards, like, 
me, you know, kind of being with him and kind of learning from him and you and having a relationship with him as a mentor. Um, and then eventually, I guess he, he trusted me enough to be on the sun. Yeah, no, it's a pretty awesome story, though, just how, like, that whole trajectory and that you kind of get there and, like, just that whole moment is, like, I feel like it's a really cool, like, experience. Oh, yeah, like, on, on the way to the to the studio, I was, like, I was honestly, like, super surprised, obviously. Like, he didn't tell me before. I don't think even he knew before. I think he probably, if I had to guess, like, was there. He knew I was coming. Maybe he thought of the idea before. And then when I was already coming, he kind of maybe just decided, you know what? Like, the song today was is up his alley anyway. Let's just do it. Um, so it's, it could be that's what happened. Um, I don't think I ever actually asked him what the thought process was. But um, it was definitely a surprise. And I was definitely excited on the drive over, so. Yeah, I feel like in a way it's a lot better of a feeling than like to know that for like two weeks and like have to think about it. Like, yeah, you didn't have that time of like, I have to be perfect. I have to do this. Like, you didn't have time to think about it. You just, yeah, no, had to go and do it for sure. Like, it definitely was like a little bit nerve wracking because I think it was my first time. I think um, by Donnie Gross and also Yitzi Waldner was there mm-hmm. and Morty was there and it was I'd never heard the song before. That's crazy. So it wasn't like I no. So it was just like everything was like new and um. So that's that's that, but it was, I guess, to a certain degree, like the spontaneity of it, I guess, was was a good thing. Um, but either way, it would have been great. So you know. Yeah. Had you been recording like for a while before that? This was like one of the first things you like recorded in like full on studio and stuff. Oh no! So I've recorded things before, but like it was all kind of like on my own in terms of like there was never somebody there next to me coaching me or telling me how he wanted to be done or like kind of you know guiding me through the process like through his their perspective and what they kind of want out of the song it was always kind of my you know whatever i kind of wanted to do like your vision basically yeah my vision and it was and there's no pressure whenever i recorded in the past it was my own project i was working on it um it was very different when it's like you know do this line like this go kind of thing um Mm -hmm. but but yeah that's i guess you know it was part of the process and I, I'm happy that I got that experience then because it kind of, even just kind of going through a song um, in that kind of a way with Yessie Waldner there, with Morty there, with Donnie there, all like great minds, like in terms of like the process of recording, it was a great learning experience to kind of go through that. And, you know, I took that with me, I think even now in terms of like critiquing myself and kind of how to get the best out of a recording um, session. But yeah. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Were you... Like, I know you do, like, a lot of wedding stuff now. Was that always, I guess, like, in Jewish music, it kind of seems like that's almost like the goal in a sense these days. But, like, when you were recording initially, was that kind of your trajectory you wanted to take? Or, like, you were just kind of making music because you enjoyed making that kind of music? Or what was that goal in that sense? Yeah, so it was definitely, like, in the Jewish world, I guess just because of the sheer volume of weddings. Um, and mm-hmm. also the spectrum of weddings. Like, not only are there a million weddings, but there are also a huge spectrum of types of weddings so like you know every singer has their place in different crowds and different types of weddings and budgets and this and that um so yeah it's definitely you know no matter how big of a singer you are you're always going to be doing weddings um uh-huh. but i i definitely started off um with you know wanting to do weddings and things of that nature like do sing at events sing at you know things like that um but i also really started out like for the love of the game, like I really rec- I would record because I really wanted to like record songs. Um, uh-huh. So, I would, you know, whether it was a cover song or whatever, um, well, there were all, you know, cover songs in the beginning. Um, 
but I would really kind of do it because I wanted to hear, I wanted to put my spin on a song, see what it sounds like, um, and allow others to kind of like enjoy that too. So that was really how I started out. And then I kind of like, you know, all these things kind of snowball. Like, you know, whenever I spoke to singers in the more in the beginning um, of like my singing, like they'd always say like, it's really a process and it's true for everything in life. But, it, you know, it's just one of those areas too, where like you kind of do it and then kind of things build from there. Um, and then when you look back, it's easy to kind of see how things connect better. But in the moment I was kind of just doing it for the love of singing and then kind of, you know, kind of things took its course. Do you have like a favorite, I guess, I don't know if it's fair to say a favorite part of weddings, but do you like, there's obviously like there's dancing, there's the hook, but like, do you have a favorite, like for yourself as a performer, is there something you enjoy more in those experiences? So I definitely, I mean, they're both great. They're both very different, um, but I'm going to have to lean towards just for the sake of the moment itself and just the beauty of the moment. The chuppah, I think, is just like nothing beats a good chuppah. Like if you're at a wedding and there's like a memorable moment, like where I feel like you, it's the dancing part is like the energy and that's one thing. But, like, the uh-huh. memorable part of a wedding a lot of times for me is, like, you know, like, an emotional and, like, a beautiful chuppah. Yeah. So they're both they're both great, um, but, like, I think nothing nothing beats a good chuppah, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I feel like it's, like, you're, the way you're describing it, it's almost like, it's kind of comparing, like, a concert to, like, almost like an opera, in a sense. Like, I feel like... Yeah, it's a, it's like, a very different... It's just interesting, because they get, end up getting fused in the same exactly. event, which kind of makes it kind of interesting. Like, you don't normally combine those two, yeah. like, styles of music within such a short time frame it's kind of interesting exactly no it's it's totally different and it's like that's why each in their own right obviously are great um but you know like it's also the beginning of the wedding where everyone kind of is is super excited everyone kind of sits down and it's this like this moment um where like everyone's kind of like you know when the the chasana are walking down that's like the first time everyone's really kind of like seeing them in that moment so you know the dancing is great but in terms of the emotion yeah it's all by the chuppah Totally hear that. You were talking before about like covers and stuff in the beginning. I know like during the pandemic, you kind of did this project, I guess, of putting out, I think it was two, was it two covers a week for like a month, month and a half, something like that? Oh yeah. I don't know if it was two, was it two or one a week? I don't even know what it was, but it was definitely a lot. Yeah. yeah. What was that like? Like, where'd you get the idea to do that? And then like, was that just spur of the moment? What kind of put you in that direction to do that? Um, so honestly it was, it was just COVID. Um, Things were like shutting down. Things were already shut down and things were just crazy in general. And I really just wanted to like to work on a project that kind of was easier to do at home um, and not have to like work with other people necessarily. Um, so for that, I actually like bought equipment and I was like, you know what, like this, this could last for the next like, and, and I guess I was right, you know, yeah. for a long time um where like i really can't or shouldn't or whatever go to a studio um so i basically in the early stages of like covid in the first like probably two months or whatever um bought the equipment and then kind of like at that point the easiest thing to do in terms of like working on it and kind of like putting my heart and soul into something that was very doable in the beginning stages of like of covid and not really knowing what was gonna happen was kind of like covers um of like songs that i thought are you know think are great um, and that's what I did. You know, it, there, there wasn't like a crazy amount of um, thought in terms of like alternatives, because at the moment I kind of had the idea, ran with it. And then, you know, that's basically it. Yeah. 
I feel like also the way you did it was like perfect, like from like a branding and social media perspective, like you kind of create like built like a buzz for it and kind of grew it in that way, which I think is something that you do very well in general. Like how, what is, I guess, what's the role of using social media in, in growing your career? How has that played for you? Um, so honestly, like it's tough because um, social media for me is like relatively new. Like I never really, my wife always like makes fun of me for, for not like she like she posts a lot and she like is funny and she like people like love like I know what she posts um she she's a huge influencer in the social media world no I'm kidding she uh-huh. she thinks she no <laughs> um she's right next to me so she's like looking at me like what um yeah but no but like she's like she's always pushing me to like post more and do this and show that but like everyone behind the scenes like posting on social media at least stories wise just keep it at that like on instagram it doesn't come naturally to you know to everybody it's definitely artificial for sure um i've never seen a person do a story you know with their arm out you know taking a video on their phone taking doing multiple takes and like that's not necessarily a natural interaction um that most people are used to having but um yes i'm trying to get better at that um and in terms of like its importance and its role um i think it's just like it's it's inevitable like there's no way around having a presence in some way on social media just because that's just the, the state of the world um like that's just what people do um and where people are um so you know that's that's where i'm at as well um i honestly don't even know how people did it before social media like it's crazy i don't know what i guess that's that's part of the reason we were discussing before the interview of like how the just the totally open playing field and even playing field for everybody um in terms of music nowadays um and podcasts as well it's you know it's just one of those things where it's it's open for everyone yeah no social media in that way has definitely changed the playing field that and just like the different resources that are out there for people has definitely changed it in a way of from podcasting from making music even from photography it's like the fact that you can shoot a concert and put pictures on instagram have a band share that photo just like the it changes the dynamic of like creator to consumer in such a way that doesn't really exist anywhere else like i should say never really existed beforehand like there was never like oh i took a picture now the the artist can see it or you put out a song tomorrow morning you if you want to put it on spotify it's there tomorrow morning anybody in the world could hear it yeah no it's it's really it's crazy it really is we were talking a lot about covers but where did you start from like a songwriting perspective how did that start I guess, how do you get into songwriting? Like, what's your process in songwriting? Yeah, no. So in terms of songwriting, um, well, in terms of like Bo, for example, with Morty, um, mm-hmm. that was more of like, we kind of just went back and forth for a while, kind of working out different ideas. Um, mm-hmm. And a lot of it is just kind of like drawing inspiration from from wherever, wherever a person is in that in that current state, that day, that week that month like that year and kind of coming out with an array of songs that kind of help define a person as an artist um and in the beginning it was more of like i wanted to have an up you know an upbeat song um you know along the lines of what you know Bo is before the idea came exactly and then it kind of yeah. it's everything is a kind of a gradual process of kind of from start to finish um and like right now i'm working on a bunch of things as well and it's like you know it's because it's relatively new for me, like the, the, the creating music, um, and like not covers, but like really making original stuff. 
Um, it's like, it's a very f- kind of exhilarating and fun and exciting, you know, thing to be doing. Um, but it's like, it's, it's in some ways like draining, but in a good way, like you yeah. kind of feel very fulfilled by it. Um, but you know, you know, I'm working with some great people now, kind of working on some new stuff as well. And it's, you know, it's every single day you kind of go back and forth and kind of figure out the exact sound you want. You kind of like fine tune it until eventually down the line, um, each song has its perfect sound and its exact kind of place on an album or as a release. Yeah. So do you play any instruments or like from like the musical side of it? Like obviously you have like your, as a singer, you're a singer, but then there's also either the beats or the guitar or the drums or whatever that kind of comes behind that. Yeah, no. So I, I play guitar, but I don't, uh-huh. um, yeah, I don't play guitar like professionally. Like I would never mm-hmm. like record guitar for a track. I'd get someone else to do it. Um, but, but yeah, like nowadays, especially like there are so many resources and it's so easy to kind of like reach out to others, um, to help, you know, whether it's like recording a certain part or an arrangement or whatever it is, it's very easy and simple. Um, like it's, I guess, at least easier than it definitely used to be. Um, so yeah. So like if things that I can't do, I kind of reach out and I use kind of the resources that I have to get things done, um, in that way. But yeah, like no instruments that you ever hear on any tracks of mine are yeah. recorded by me. Do you, I guess, fr- from the writing side of things, do you get a track from somebody and then kind of write to that track? Or do you kind of write a song and then you kind of spend time with a producer and kind of create the track for that song afterwards? So a lot of it is getting tracks from like other people and kind of like working whether it's like on the lyrics on the melody and kind of like you know people get sent songs send me and you know send me songs all the time and kind of like it's kind of like sifting through the ideas and also kind of like having my it's tough because it's, it's there's so many songs that like i guess every artist kind of is working on at the same time um but it's really a process of like it, it mostly is kind of being pitched different ideas um sometimes mm-hmm. you use the structure of you know the the skeleton of a song um and you kind of change other elements of the arrangement or whatnot um but a lot of it is you know whether you're using that as inspiration or you know you're using a bigger piece of it um for the final product you know at the end of the day it's it's kind of there's a big spectrum i would say of like it's it's it changes by the song but yeah that makes sense a lot of your music is more i guess your first album at least is very pop music or pop centered what drove you and put you in the direction of pop music versus something else i guess obviously in in the jewish world there's there's a lot less of those other like jewish rock there is jewish rock there is jewish funk and soul and whatever else but it's more pop you're saying is that where like i want to go or that's where no i guess in your earlier stuff i know because like on social media you were talking about let's say in your new album fusing like soul and funk and other kind of ideas yeah. So is that like, I guess, why do you go the pop route at first? And then what's kind of driving you to go this other route afterwards? So I, I think not as a, as a, as a safety, but I think a lot of people start out, especially like in the Jewish world, like where, like, I think it's a different perspective in music than like in the non-Jewish world a little bit where it's like you want, there are different genres for sure. But at, at the end of the day, it's like more of like the content of the lyrics and what kind of, what place the song gets you um, mm-hmm. and where it's intended to, you know, to take you. Um, but I kind of started out with kind of the goal of like make music that you like and that you enjoy and that you love. 
Um, mm-hmm. And like the the genre doesn't necessarily matter as much because um, eventually you'll get to whatever is kind of emanating from you, you know, as an artist. So like, you know, in the beginning, you kind of I kind of was working on stuff that I felt made sense to me at that time. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, now I'm working on a little bit of a different sound. It's still a lot of it's still pop and a lot of it's still, you know, along those lines. But like with a very new sound um it's the same but different and it's fresh and i think it's just a matter of kind of like taking in inspiration and taking in just like where you are at that moment and kind of interpreting it through the music so you know i I would say it's it's almost just a process of kind of figuring out what speaks to me at that time for that project and kind of just executing on that yeah no that definitely makes a lot of sense are there any Jewish artists or non-Jewish artists that kind of inspire you stylistically or that influence your music in varying degrees? Um, you're saying Jewish and non-Jewish? Yeah. Or just what? Um, so honestly, in terms of Jewish, you know, I'm going to have to say that for a big inspiration for me and who was and still is a mentor is obviously Morty in terms of, in terms of a sound being fresh and different and like, and pop, um, that's the reason why I even reached out initially to Morty for the uh, for the voice lessons was just mainly because I I thought my voice was similar to his in terms of that way of like just being a little bit different and soulful and yeah so I would have to probably say him you know it's probably your expected answer and I you know just oh um my wife was saying Shalom which I obviously was about to say um and yeah. Shalom um Lemmer which is obviously you know, if you haven't had him on the podcast yet, you should be having him on next. Um, I'd be down for that, that's he, for sure. <laughs> but he, in terms of a person who, like, encompasses everything you would want in an individual and in as a singer, as, like, a role model, if anyone, you know, if that applies to people, and I'm sure it does, he's, like, up there in terms of, like, all-around great guy, individual, you know. So he also, honestly, like, for me, he kind of helped me shift my perspective a little bit in terms of like how awesome of a guy he is. And he also, you know, I, I spoke to him also like when I first met him like around a year and a half, two years ago, and he was just very helpful. Like he literally is there to help other people. And he kind of helped me out in the beginning as well. And he still does. And he also has a very different sound from Morty, but he, um, you know, I would have to put him in that category as well. Yeah. Uh, but in terms of the non-Jewish world, I honestly was the kind of person who I listened to like just whatever vast array of kind of sounds. And it wasn't anything, you know, particular where there was like one um, artist that I kind of looked up to, you know, over others. Yeah. I mean, Charlie Puth for me personally now, I just, I think he's incredibly talented and as an art, as like a, a creator, as an artist and as, you know, an individual talent, I think he's incredible. Um, yeah. But no, over the years, like different singers kind of stood out, but nobody that, that is like, you know, I had this like one childhood, you know, role model of a singer that I, you know, have over yeah. the course of my life a little bit more on that is are there like is your sound influence i mean obviously like you, you as an artist might not be but are there artists that influence the sound that you're creating like especially like now you're going more like soulful or funk are there artists that kind of you listen to that to help you get inspiration to what you're creating honestly no i mean for me it really just comes from like my sound the way i sound um from my perspective just kind of comes from for me uh-huh. um and, you know, I think everyone draws inspiration, whether it's an artist, like a different singer, or whether it's 
even like a, like a random person that you meet on the street, um, that kind of translates into a person's, you know, a person's sound and a person's like presence or whatever you want to call it. Um, but I, I, I never had like a sound that I was inspired by. I think it kind of cheapens in some ways, like a person's like own experience. Like I don't, I never had, um, someone that I thought was like, I, I had people that I aspired to, not aspired to, but I found inspirational that I found to be extremely talented, but I never kind of saw them as someone that I wanted to be like, you know, vocally. Um, yeah. If that makes sense. Um, no, it definitely does. Yeah. Do you see a place for Jewish music to transition somewhat into the mainstream, like music you're creating or that Morty's creating to kind of be like, cr- like crossover in a sense to non-Jewish audiences? Um, to be honest, for the most part, no. Um, and by for the most part, I mean like 99.999%. Uh-huh. Um, just because like it's, it's not, that's not what it's, you know, goal is. It's not what it's geared to. That's not what it's geared to. That's not what it is. Like, Jewish artists are not making music because there's a shortage of music in the non-Jewish world. Like, it's not, that's not the goal. Like, the, if anything, it's, like, the opposite. Um, so, there definitely, like, can there be crossover? For sure. There can be. It can exist. But it's, that's just not the nature of, you know, of what it is. Um, there's plenty of, of non-Jewish music. And by non-Jewish music, I mean, it's just music, you know? Like, yeah. it, there's plenty of music out there. Um, and especially nowadays, there's, like, almost unlimited music. Um, so, you know, Jewish music has a particular role, I would say, in that, you know, vast, vast sea out there with just everything. Um, but yeah, I don't see, I don't see a need to kind of shift, kind of cross over those two worlds is, you know, they each have their place. Um, it's interesting. Almost like the way you're putting it is almost kind of like how podcasting exists now versus conventional radio in a sense of how music now kind of operates as a hyper niche market in general even in the secular world like music is in general hyper niche now meaning like yeah. you might like a lot of types of music but if you're an artist if you can create music that you could have I forgot who i was listening to some interview with a different artist and they were talking about how like if you can get a thousand put on an album get a thousand dedicated people to download it or two like two thousand people but they'll play it 10 15 20 times that's how you get your hundred thousand plays or across an album you get a million plays because you have your dedicated base. You're not trying to say, I need 10 million people to listen to this song one time. Yeah. No, no, 100%. Um, and like, when it comes to Jewish music, like, there really is, you know, a tremendous place for it. Um, it really is just like music for people who want to hear, um, like, kosher sounds, you know, mm-hmm. and especially when it comes to like non-Jewish music and just, you know, there is so much out there, but it's, if you want to call it, if you went to Spotify and just, typed in like you know today's top hits or whatever it is you'd get some pretty crazy stuff just in that like it's yeah. nothing even you know it's you would think it's like g-rated like i'm just typing in the top hits on the radio today but as everyone knows like even that will bring up some pretty crazy stuff um and that's the top hits that's the top that's what's you know literally making the the billboard top you know whatever so um there's definitely a big place and i i would say almost because of that like um there's almost like I think, and you see with people like people want to hear listen to Jewish music. Um, they want to listen to music that's not kind of like you have to skip every other song because like you don't want to hear the lyrics or you don't want to hear whatever. So I think you know there's there's always going to be a place for Jewish music because you know they're they're just the world at large has 
a little bit too much craziness going on in terms of um, the music that exists. So people kind of need to be honed in, whether it's a playlist, like I find myself like all the time, you know, like whether it's like during the day, whatever it is, like kind of putting on like a Jewish playlist because I want to hear Jewish music and I kind of, you know, so I'll, I'll put on a playlist because I want to hear that sound, you know, throughout the day. So yeah. there will be, always be a place for it, um, but I do not envision a need or or predict any crossover into the non-Jewish market. I hear that. Yeah. Going back a little bit to what we were talking about earlier, did you grow up surrounded by music? Like, what was was your family very musical? Like, where did that play a role in this journey? Um, no. Um, my family was not particularly, like, musical. Um, everyone, you know, enjoys music, like the next one. Yeah. Um, but nobody was particularly musical. Um, it was... That's why I guess it took a little bit for me, like, a little bit of time to, like, realize... Um, to kind of like get myself to a point where I was taking myself seriously, but also kind of taking like the career seriously, just because, um, you know, a lot of singers kind of like, whether it's a sibling or a parent or like a friend or like, uh, whatever it is, like who is very serious about music their whole lives. So they kind of like, they had that as part of their upbringing and as their uh-huh. just reality. Um, so I didn't really have that. So I didn't really kind of view it that way. For me, it was kind of like seeing that, um, like as an outsider, like seeing what exists and kind of like over time incorporating that into my own life as something that I possibly could do. Um, but it wasn't as if like, you know, my brother was like, you know, a big singer or whatever, um, or was like in, not even big to any capacity, in any capacity. So, uh-huh. you know, that's why it was a gradual process. That makes a lot of sense. We talked about like weddings and like people just throughout people's day. Is there a place that music kind of has in Judaism? Like we have, we have davening, we have, you perform at weddings. Like are there, is there, I guess it's all encompassing or where do you, where do you see the role of music in Judaism? Um, I think the role of music in Judaism, um, I mean, I, I think it's a very broad question. Um, yeah. so you can turn it into whatever you want to. Yeah, no, I think it's like, I think music in general, like what is music in, in life? Like what is, I think music kind of brings out the life in people. Like you could be doing, you know, work in your apartment, in your house, whatever it is, with no music on. You put music on, it's happens to me like all the time. And all of a sudden your mu- your mood changes to the song that's playing and like it just changes the energy. Um, mm-hmm. So I think music is is one of those things that kind of like brings life um, to people. So, you know that exists for for all human beings so i think its place is very individual to each person um but in the in the the jewish world you know it's it's the same i think it's the same idea um at its core as it is to everyone um it kind of it's it's there as a tool to kind of help someone connect to whatever it is they want to connect to um or whatever the song is whatever the the message is um Mm -hmm. or just the overall vibe and energy of the song um and of the music so i think it's just it's one of those things that kind of every every human um relates to and yeah i think it's a very personal thing yeah yeah i think that makes a lot of sense i feel like that's always like for me definitely music kind of plays that role of 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 like almost like modulating your feelings throughout the day if you need something to pick you up if you need something yeah. to kind of like get you in the right spot like that really exactly. does exactly it brings life to things like yeah like there's it's yeah. undeniable like if you're if you're in a whether it's a good mood bad mood or, or you want to be in a good mood you put on, you know, some music and it'll definitely affect you to some, you know, yeah. degree. This is definitely more lighthearted. Are you a morning person? Because I feel like two of your songs, you talk about Modani and I feel like is it on your album. Oh, honestly. Is that like a, um, or it's the other way around. <laughs> I'm, I've become more of a morning person. 
Um, but I would say I'm more of a night person. Um, if I had to uh-huh. pick one. Um, but yeah, I would say recently I kind of like became more of a morning person with the baby and everything. Um, but yeah. but I but even though those songs kind of come across like I'm more of a morning person, I would say it's a little bit misleading. I I love nighttime as well. Try to trick yourself, basically. <laughs> I'm trying to get myself to a point where I'm more of a morning person. Not that I'm not, but you know, yeah. Everyone can no, I hear that. Person. Are there any artists that you've worked with? Or any other artists that you think are upcoming in the Jewish music world, or just artists that you've been listening to that you think people should check out or keep an eye out for? Um. Yeah, I think there's a lot of you know, like for, I think in the Jewish market. Um, I think Jewish music, and I always say this to like different people, but like, it's so new. Like when people say music in general and like art in general is a very creative endeavor. So it's different to each person. And there's no rules really, um, mm-hmm. to how it's governed, how, how things play out. Everything is, you know, kind of this extreme hindsight bias of like, we see what happened and like, we kind of, you could try to extrapolate from that, how it's going to work for you. Um, but it's not how it works. Um, yeah. and especially in the Jewish market, it's extremely new. Um, like the way music is coming out now in the Jewish world, it just do- it didn't exist like 10 years ago. It just didn't, it just didn't. Uh-huh. Um, and obviously like streaming platforms and just like things like DistroKid and whatnot, where anybody can upload music and also just technology advancing where anybody could have a studio in their house and anybody could have, and there's like, you know, if you type in stu- studio near me online, you'll get like 50 people. Yeah. So like we live, you know, in an age where like it's just so easy um to do that. So yeah, so I don't know. There are a lot of very talented people um who are kind of breaking into the scene and kind of making their mark. Um but it's really, you know, it's the Jewish market is so new, so it's I guess time will tell kind of who what sticks, what doesn't stick, but it's 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 a fresh market. Everyone kind of try to take their best shot um yeah and yeah it's it's just one of those things where it's it's so new that like it's tough to really know who's gonna you know do well who's not gonna do well um people always try to like kind of predict or like look at not even predict like kind of like, like talk and ask about different things in the in the jewish music market in general and i just always from my personal perspective say like for example like there are times where i have a certain idea and i want to do something and like somebody will will say like like oh, this person tried that it didn't work like and i'm like that was literally like the first of all, the example of that person. I'm thinking of a certain instance where this happened, but it yeah. happened more than once where it was like the, per- the the example the person gave was like a really a random artist. And, and the market overall is so new that like there are no rules. There really are no rules. So like it's, it's, you know, it's one of those things where everyone has to just do what is best for them um, and what they think. I feel like in a way that's super cool of how, both the Jewish music market and like we've talked about just the music market in general has kind of created a place where everyone can explore and create whatever they want to in the way they want to and kind of exactly try their own path. Cause again, like you said, you can have a studio in your house. You can put out a track that basically sounds like, like 50 years ago, even in the secular world, you couldn't put out a track like that unless you were spending thousands of dollars in a studio to record a track. You can put it out now and see and see where it goes. A hundred percent. The varied entry doesn't exist anymore. Like there's there used to be an excuse of like whether it's you can't afford it or you don't have access to the right people or whatever it is, why you can't put on music. 
Spotify, the number one streaming platform that people use, and it's yeah. you know, and it's only picking up steam. Um, like the idea that like a random maybe nobody will listen, but a random person can have a song on the same platform as like the number one artist on the planet. Yeah, um, no, it's crazy. It's crazy that that wasn't a thing. Like it's, but now it's the same platform. So somebody on their app can either go to Joe Schmo or Justin Bieber. Um, yeah, only, no, only an example because he's number one. I think number one on the planet. Yeah. On, um, on Spotify at least. But he like it's it's a crazy concept. So yeah, so everybody is is and people are doing it. Like people are trying to kind of break their way. Yeah, no, it's pretty crazy. Also, like I was, I think I was in a different saw somewhere that like one of the, I think some one of the artists that's like song blew up on TikTok is like a high school kid from like Australia or something. Like one of these like yeah, artists, and now he has like a number one song in the world, and he's like it's producing yeah. out of his like house. Yeah, and I think people don't realize that like. The equipment that you can record out of in a, in a home studio isn't as expensive. I mean, it's not cheap, but it's not as expensive as one might think um, it is. And like quality wise, you can get amazing quality. Yeah. From this stuff, like people like technology is at the point where like, and it's competitive enough in the market of you know these products where like you can get really good prices and and kind of. You could delegate all the other work of whether it's mixing, mastering, you're even making arrangements, whatever, to other people. Um, yeah. But yeah, you're right. It's everybody can do it. Um, and that's kind of where it becomes like fun because there's so much potential um, for each individual to kind of make their mark. I hear that. I feel like even like the mixing and mastering side, I feel like YouTube has also lowered that barrier to entry, even just like from yeah. podcasting. Like I'm now learning. It... I've literally been spending <laughs> hours sound editing, and it's just like you just watch a video and like oh that's how you do this little thing and like oh that's so much easier like it's just crazy how you yeah like, it's true. even so it, much stuff out there even school like i'm in law school like and especially when things are online i'm not totally sure what what the role of of school is i'm not sure why it's so expensive um yeah. no, only because the information is literally like you go to like different resources sometimes online to like study for an exam and then it's like that's which is your grade pretty much for you know for the whole semester and it's like what exactly is is the point of paying for school if the information is literally online? But that's just the way it is. Um, yeah. Eventually, I think, especially with COVID, I think over time, things will kind of transition naturally um, online. It'll take time, but eventually it'll happen. What's it like balancing, like, performing at a wedding and having and having your exam the next day or whatever? Obviously, like, actually, you wouldn't schedule well, for like exams, that, like, how does that work? Yeah, so, I mean, the, the benefit is that I, I know my schedule ahead of time, so I, I, w I wouldn't do that. Um, but also it's, you know, it's, it's very flexible, especially in the second and third year, which I'm in my third year. Um, yeah. but it's very flexible. Like it's the first year is the year that everyone knows about and everyone kind of like when they envision law school, they're usually envisioning a lifestyle that correlates to their first year of law school. Mm -hmm. Um, second and third year people, you know, work, people have class twice a week. Um, and you know, there's a lot more flexibility involved. Um, the second and third year. So, you know, for like one week, there are exams, um, but beyond, and the way it works in law school for the most part, for most classes is that, you know, your whole grade for that class for the semester is based off of one exam, um, uh -huh. like a three hour exam. So, you know, there aren't like five exams for each class over the course of a semester. Um, but yeah, so you gotta just kind of make sure that for those days you're free, but that's, you know. Not that many days. Yeah, no, I hear that. What other kind of stuff do you have that you're working on right now that's you're soon to be releasing? I know you have your album, you have some singles that you've been working on. Like where what's 
what's coming out? Oh yeah, so I I have a song with um a really honestly great song um with Yoni Z coming out very soon. Um, we need to discuss exactly when, but mm-hmm. it'll be out you know in the near future. Um, and then I'm working on an album um, that should be out probably with definitely within the next two months. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know exactly when. Maybe two months from now. Maybe a little bit before that. Um, but yeah, and you know that's that's where I'm at right now. We're kind of working out um, the details of which songs will be on the album. But the next step is the song with Yoni to come out and to release, and after that. And simultaneously work on, you know, the album itself and then kind of take it from there. That's awesome. Where can people find you on social media and stuff like that? Yeah, so people can find me, you know, Instagram, I guess everyone. I feel like everyone, you know, gives the classic, like, I'm waiting for, like, me to be, like, you know, SoundCloud and, like, there's, like, more obscure ones that, like, most people aren't on. Yeah. Uh, but Instagram, you know, is, is the number one place where, you know, I try to put content there and also you know you can find my other things through instagram awesome thank you so much i really appreciate it this is awesome thank you for having me hey guys i hope you enjoyed this episode as much as i did for more conversations like the one you just heard please follow us on instagram at our faith through t-h-r-u music and subscribe in your favorite podcasting app thank you so much for listening and have a great rest of your day